My work ethic is definitely my strong point. I learned it as an, at an early age and it's something that's been so well ingrained in me that I'm not afraid of putting in the hard work. Committing and showing up and doing the work has always supported me in my goals and being able to achieve the things that I want to achieve. So I ask you, leading into this podcast episode, what are you committed to? Your excuses or your goals? The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. What are you committed to? Today, I wanted to share a little bit of insights and lessons from the last 12 months of creating the Love What You Do collective events. After celebrating the one-year anniversary, I sat down and took a moment to reflect on everything that I had have achieved and how far I've come over the past year. And I wanted to share with you those lessons because I think they're, especially if you're wanting to run events, it's something that I think will be really serving for you. But also too, no matter what you are wanting to achieve, it all comes down to your commitment level. And that is not me saying you need to be more committed. That is not at all what I'm saying. But being able to be mindful of what specifically are you committing to and are you being kind to yourself in the way that you commit to yourself? Because sometimes we can set such high expectations that we are never going to be able to meet them and then we beat ourselves up for being a failure and not being able to meet those expectations. So I want to share with you the journey that I went on for creating Love What You Do and some key things that I did to book those events out and what I've done continuously to be able to support myself in showing up and staying committed. So the first one is start before you're ready. I had a client of mine come to me and say that she wanted to create similar events of mine in a different location and wanted my permission and wanted to know whether she was ready. And my advice was her, you don't need my permission. Go ahead and do it. It's amazing. You, what, whoever you attract to your event is going to be specific to you and your energy. It's not going to affect my event at all because I'm a different human being and I attract a different clientele. So definitely go ahead. You don't ever need anybody else's permission. And you are never going to feel ready. So you've just got to start, set yourself up and commit to achieving something by showing up for yourself and know that you just need to push through that slight fear of being ready. You're never going to feel ready, but that's the whole purpose of having that little bit of fear and pushing outside your comfort zone. It's exciting. It's when you know that is what where your power lies. You know that's where you should lean into it. You know exactly where that's exactly where you should go because that's actually going to help grow you. So lean in and start no matter what. The next one is commit no matter what. And what I mean by this is set yourself up to achieve a goal that is achievable, but also 
make sure that you are going to show up no matter what, no matter how many ticket sales, no matter if you have to change something, no matter if you have a speaker cancel, no matter if it looks like it's going to be a dud of an event. It is absolutely up to you to show up and set that commitment so then people know to trust you and to know that you are going to be there no matter what. So what do I mean by commit to a goal that you can achieve? When we first started the Love What You Do Collective events, obviously I started them with Kirsten Morrison. And when I sat down and was talking to her about doing these events, one of the key things that I said to her is that we need to commit for the next four months that we're going to show up and create really awesome events. And this has come from a couple of different things. One, I know as a business coach, you need to create um, trust and likability and you need to build your following. It's not something that happens overnight. You can't just post an event and hope that 20 people show up, right? It's something that you've got to support yourself in doing it and know that people will build the trust and then want to attend your events based on social proof. And it had also come from me looking at what other events had been happening around Brisbane at the time. And it took me a good three to four months to watch and observe and kind of sit in the background before I actually even showed up at an event. So I knew that that was the mindset of my existing clientele of who I wanted to come to the Love What You Do collective events. And I knew that it would take time to build that tribe. So I committed to four events. Right. I said to her, like, let's commit to the next four events. We'll come up with the topics. We will make sure that we show up and deliver a great event for the next four months. That's all our commitment is. And to know that we're going to show up no matter how many bookings. If we get five people, we show up and do an amazing event. If we get 10, if we get 20, if we get 40, amazing. Right. It did not matter. I was going to show up no matter what. So learning to show up for yourself and for your people and know that, that, you know, if you build it, they will come, but know that it will take time to do that. And when you allow yourself the space and the time to be able to create something on a longer term period, rather than go, well, I'm just going to put this workshop out and just see if it happens. And then if it doesn't book out, then I'm a failure and I'm never going to do it ever again. Being able to be mindful of you need time to do that, but also be kind to yourself. Doing that and being so harsh on yourself and saying that you're a failure because one workshop didn't sell out is not the best mindset. It's not an entrepreneurial mindset to to set you up for success long term. You really want to make sure that you give yourself time and space to reflect on the results you've created so you can analyze them and see what worked and what, what didn't work. And there could be ways to grow and expand your capabilities and your skills and know that that takes time. So we literally went out and decided we were going to commit for four months and then decide if it was something we would stop doing. Okay. And as it worked out at literally the four month mark, Kirsten actually decided that she no longer wanted to be a part of the events. And it wasn't at all like we didn't have a fallout or anything like that. She just decided that she wanted to dive down into other avenues and try new things. And she felt the pressure of having to show up every single month difficult. So we chose that, um, we discussed it and she was like, I'm going to take a step back from the events for a while. And, you know, she was like, it's your baby. Let's just, you keep going with it. And so I then had a moment freak out and was like, oh my God, can I do this on my own? Oh my God, what am I going to do? Am am I going to get speakers? Am I going to do it myself? Like I literally had a bit of a freak out moment and she was all like, you can do this. Don't even stress about it. And so there was a moment of actually multiple moments of dealing with the imposter syndrome. 
thinking that you're a fraud or not thinking you can add value or not not thinking you are the best person to be able to serve these people. Like the imposter syndrome is real for everybody and it comes up in different situations. And Love What You Do is definitely a journey through experiencing the imposter syndrome and seeing where I can still show up and be the best version of myself and support the people in the room. So there were times where I was in the room when there were people there that I knew had much more experience than me, or I knew that they were excellent speakers or have already got successful events. And it was nerve wracking to be able to present in front of them. But I pushed through and I brought it back to what does the room need me to say? And what am I here to share? What's on my heart? And preparing, right? I spent time preparing for every single event to make sure that I was giving my all. And every time it was reminding myself that I can do it. It's building the belief, right? Action builds belief. If you are struggling to work out how to believe in yourself and you really don't have the, you know, the gumption behind you to take the action because you're, you have a little bit of lack of self-belief, take action, just put yourself out there. Don't think about it. Five, four, three, two, one, just do it because it's the only way you're going to help build that self-belief is to take the action and see the results so you can prove that belief wrong. Showing up every single month was something that I committed to. It wasn't something that I would go, well, I can't really be bothered this month. I'll just wing it. It was making sure that I set aside time to prepare for the events every month. I set aside time to reach out to speakers for the next future of the events. Because then once Kirsten had stepped away, I decided to invite other speakers on to be able to support and add value to my audience and build, continue to build that tribe. So I was really mindful of being able to make that commitment and find time to support that commitment. Because you cannot, you can be a hundred percent committed, but then if you haven't got the time to show up with the action and to actually back it up with action, then it's never going to happen. So being able to be able to schedule time out and make things happen is where the commitment is also important to be supported. Okay. The other key thing was preparing myself energetically for every event I have found has been one of the most important things. So making sure that I'm setting my day up in a way that I am prepared energetically. And I mean like having enough energy, being prepared with a, with a mindset that's designed to support the best version of me for the event was really important. It was something that I noticed when there was one or two months that I um, had a massive day booked in with clients and I was so energetically drained that by the time I got to the event, I really kind of had to like have two coffees or pump up some guarana. So I actually had energy to show up and hold space because holding space for a room like that with 30 to 40 people is energetically draining. And if you're not careful, it can drain you for days on end. So it was a lesson throughout the last 12 months is to really be mindful of how I prepare, but then also how I come down after those events as well. So I would find that I would get home at like 10, 10 30 at night and be exhausted. And that would actually then bleed into my weekend because I was so exhausted because I hadn't prepared well enough for the event. So making sure that my day leading up to it was of ease and it was something that didn't take too much energy. So I made sure that the client sessions that I had throughout that day were minimal as well as not too energetically draining. So I would make sure that I didn't have any major emotional clearing sessions or anything like that, that I felt were really important that I bring all my energy 
So I make sure I don't book those on a event day and make sure that I take my time in the afternoon to get ready as well as get to the venue with plenty of time to prepare myself and in the space. Because last year I found that I was rocking up to the venue to set the venue up, to get the gift bags ready, to get all the alcohol and food ready, like all of that. And I was in a rush that by the time people started to arrive because some people like to arrive quite early and then I don't have time to actually step aside and prepare myself. So that was where I, I started to really set some really great rituals in place to prepare myself energetically. So they looked like in the morning of the event, I'd make sure I'd 100% non-negotiable must meditate for a good 15, 20 minutes. I made sure that I ate well throughout the day because that was also a challenge last year where I would find that I'd be busy throughout the day, forget lunch, and then I would find that I wouldn't eat at the event. So I, and you know, no one can run on empty. So now I'm mindful of eating well for breakfast, making sure I take food for lunch if I'm out of out of my office or making sure that I eat well. And then I actually have a shake on the way to the venue so that I'm not hungry at all throughout the night and I've got enough energy to keep me moving forward and make sure I drink plenty of water. Then once I am at the space, I set the place up and I make sure that I've got 10 to 15 minutes for myself prior to people arriving that I can, you know, take myself to a quiet space and just sit and just get myself in the right headspace for the event. And I set really clear intentions now. So what I love to do is I take my, once my speakers arrive, I take them aside and also set some really clear intentions for what I would like to achieve for the event, how I would like my my tribe or my attendees to feel as well from the event and what's important for me to celebrate. So I do that as well as which the guests, actually guest speakers really enjoy. That's something that really helps to also uh, level out their energy and focus on what they want to achieve for the evening. And then what I also love to do is at the end of an event, once everybody has left, I take a moment to reflect and debrief. So that's where I, with, I can do this. I do this with the guest speakers. Otherwise I will also do it for myself as well, where I'll take a moment and go, okay, so what are some key things that worked well tonight? What could I do differently next time? And what would I like to celebrate myself for? And they're just three simple questions, but it's fascinating what can come out in that. And if we don't take the time to reflect, what we so often do is just keep going to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And we don't actually improve because we haven't taken the time to reflect on what we could improve on. So I literally ask those three questions and then we... I obviously thank my guest speakers. So there's some key rituals that I set myself up with to make sure that the event is a success. Now let's, and look, you can use those for every, anything. So you can use it for a product launch. You can use it for a um, new program. You can use it for anything that you put out to your audience. You can use it for events, workshops, retreats, whatever you want to do. Be mindful of how you set yourself up and then how you wind down and how you reflect on the event to make sure that you get the best out of it and know that you don't, you know, you can improve in the future. Awesome. So now let's dive into uh, some key strategies that I use to, to actually book the events out. I think it's one of the key things that I get asked often about how I go about it. And even with um, friends that are also in the same space that are creating events now or, uh, you know, clients that also want to know how I go about it, I'm going to share some key tips of what I do. 
One of the first, and I think is the most important part of creating your event is knowing who it's for. You need to be really a hundred percent clear on who you want in the room. And if you, if you say to yourself now, as you're listening to this and you're like, well, I want anybody. I just want to fill the room. That is the wrong answer. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. It is the wrong answer. You do not want anybody in the room. You want someone who's going to enjoy what you are delivering, that are going to see value in what you deliver and to know that they're going to walk away feeling a hundred percent empowered by what you have shared or the purpose of the event. So what is the purpose of the event? Who is it for? Get really, really clear on who it's for and know that that's who you want to attract because this will determine how you fill the room. Because if you start attracting the wrong type of people, then the events won't last very long because they won't come back, right? You've got to be able to build that tribe based on who you want in the room. So making sure that the purpose of the event is clear and also making sure that the copy that you use is 100% clear as well. Every day we are given so many options to attend so many events, workshops, programs, offers, whatever you're putting out there needs to be really clear and it needs to be in terms that your ideal client can understand. And you need to be able to capture their attention within three to five seconds. So if the title of your event is not clear on what they're going to be walking away with, or it's not enticing enough for them to go, yes, I want to watch that. Or yes, I want to be a part of that. Yes, I want to attend that. Then it's not clear enough. You need to be able to tap into the pain points because people don't necessarily want to spend money on things that aren't going to serve them or aren't going to solve a problem they're experiencing. We need to really articulate that so clearly because I see this happen on a regular basis where I see posts go up and it's like, actually, I'm not even really sure what that event is about. I'm not even sure what they're going to get out of that. Like, what is the purpose of the event? And if you can't articulate that really clearly, then you need to get help with that because that is going to make or break your event. So think about how you articulate it. Is it clear on what they're going to walk away with? And if you're not really sure if that's really clear enough, then ask people that have not seen anything about what you do. So it could be that you ask someone that's completely outside of your circle of friends. You ask a family member who has no idea what you do. Think about how you can ask or get some feedback. You could post it in Facebook groups. You could ask a few different friends How clear is this? Like without them knowing anything about the event, show them the event image, show them event copy and get them to then articulate back to you what they think they're going to walk away with for that event and whether that's enticing enough for them to go. Because if it's not that clear, people won't know it's the right event for them. Remembering how you want your attendees to feel is really important because if you're able to articulate with emotive language, you're more likely to attract clients to spend money. We need to drive emotion. And when we use um, wish-washy language or when we use, you know, sometimes I see businesses use language that is only specific to them and their knowledge and their experience, and that can come across very unclear. So we need to make sure that it's coming across direct to their ideal client so they know it's right for them. So if you're using jargon, if you're using language that only you would use because you've, you have certain knowledge or experience or qualifications, that's not necessarily going to speak to your ideal client. So making sure that it is simple, clear, and understandable is really important. Okay. The next one is don't be afraid to share it a lot. 
Okay. If you really want to fill your workshops or your events or anything that you're putting out there, you need to get it out there. Years and years ago, it was for a brand to build trust and likability. Someone, an individual needed to see the image or their brand imagery seven to 14 times before they were interested or trusted that brand enough to want to know more to spend money with them. Now it's like 21 to 30 times because we're so bombarded with information on a daily basis through our smartphones that if we don't see them enough times and it's not repeated enough, then it's actually not something that they will recollect. So don't be scared to share it a lot. And the way that the algorithms work is that not everyone's going to see every single post. So don't be scared to feel like you're bombarding your followers. And I, but I don't mean like five times a day. I just mean really regularly. So you could be posting it across different platforms. You could be posting it in your stories, doing a video on it in your posts. You could be also doing Facebook lives on the event. You could also be posting in Facebook groups. You could be do- putting them on different forums or platforms, being able to share them on different directories, making sure that you have it across all platforms. So if you have say an Eventbrite link, it's on Eventbrite, but make sure you create a Facebook event as well. You've got to make sure that it's as easy as possible for people to respond to the event. And what I love about what Facebook does is that once you create an event and someone clicks interested on that event, then they actually help to reach even more people. So it goes out to all of their friends and family too, because it literally creates a post saying this person is, is interested in this event. You want that to happen. So encourage more of that to happen. Invite people, but don't bombard them. So like, when I create my events, I'll invite all the people that have been to past events and I'll go through the list of friends and family that I think will be interested in coming along. I'm obviously not going to invite people that aren't you know, necessarily interested. I want them to be able to click interested so then more and more people see the event. Doing Facebook advertising in early stages is a really good idea. So doing able to do it sporadically helps to support the event, getting it further out there. So yes, you can spend money on putting advertising out there all the time if you want. But if you're starting out and you just kind of want to test the waters, then I would start with, say you've got a month's lead time or six weeks lead time. I would put it out now for a good four or five days. And the purpose of that is to build brand awareness. So it's not like really being able to measure the success of it by ticket sales. You want to measure it based on the awareness. So when I'm putting advertising money behind it, I will look at it. What stage am I in the event launch process? In the beginning stages, I would be looking at brand awareness. So I would want to get the brand awareness out there as much as possible. So in front of as many eyes as possible. And the way that I measure that is the more people who click interested or going is what I'm looking for on the Facebook event. Then sort of three quarters of the way in, I'm doing more of a focused targeted ad. So I'm making sure that people are clicking through the event and actually purchasing tickets. So because I know that people need to actually see the event that 20 to 30 times before they'll actually engage in it, if they have, and I'm talking like if they're completely cold to my audience, like they don't follow my page, they have no idea who I am because that's what who Facebook, the advertising is reaching because I'm setting the Facebook ads to actually go outside of my Facebook page. So when I do that, I really want to make sure that it's targeting people. So I want to make sure I create the ad based on the feel that I want people to experience at, at my event. So that's when I would create one with a video or I create one with a different image rather than the actual tile or the, um, 
imagery that I've created with the title of the event on it. Because with Facebook advertising, the more wording on there, the less likely the actual image will get approved. So I'll actually just create one with an image or a video. So that goes out even further. So that's kind of like between halfway to three quarters of the time towards closer to the event happening. And then usually the week before I'll do a slight push as well. So it's not necessarily, I won't put heaps of money behind it, but I will just do a little push for about three, four days a week before the event, because that's when people are starting to think what's happening next week. What could I go to? And I want to get in front of their faces straight away. So then they can definitely click going and book their tickets. The next thing that I do is actually message every single client who has clicked interested or going on my event that hasn't booked a ticket a week out. So I will jump into the Facebook event and I will create a a lovely personalized message and send them a message as a little reminder. I would love to see you come along and send them that message with the link to where they can book tickets. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to say yes and get, you know, allow them to say yes and get involved, right? So make it as easy as possible. Make sure it's really clear. Make sure that you're welcoming and send them a link so they don't have to go and look for it. The next thing that I'll talk about is being open to feedback. I love actually hearing feedback from my events, good or bad. I want to know how I can improve the events and I want guidance on what my people want to see next. So I will always ask, you know, if anyone has any topics they'd like me to cover, if they have any key speakers they'd like me to get, like what specifically would you like to hear and what would encourage you to come to to the next event? So I'm really wanting to cultivate that tribe and that feeling of community that they're a part of this because they really are. Like I have met some incredible friends that I now call close, close friends from the Love What You Do collective events. And I want to create, be able to create that tribe. And it's something that's so important to me that I want to be cre- create that for everybody else. So I have really, really honed in on what makes our events different. And that is the community. It is the ability to dive into gaining some clarity around a challenge they're experiencing or look at business in a different way, being able to blend mindset and understanding how business affects our lives. They're not separate. And I want to be able to blend that together. And so I really look for speakers that help to add lots of value in that area. So really being able to add value is so important to me, but being mindful of what you create is also really important. So I think one of the lessons that I've experienced in probably the last four events would definitely be being mindful of protecting what I've created. And that is really being careful of who I ask to speak. I want to make sure that they're completely genuine, they're real, they're relatable, and they are open to having really genuine conversations. And they're not here for pretentiousness. They're not here for to spruik their own sales pitch. They're not here to, um, you know, poach people or just like really genuine people that are in it for creating community and wanting to share their message and make a difference and an impact in the world. It is so important to me to be able to protect that because I've created such a beautiful environment that when I have a speaker come in that's not 100% genuine and real, then 
my audience tell me straight up and they know they can feel it. There's just something inauthentic about it, right? And it's something that I have created and really want to protect now. So I'm really mindful of who I have speak. So one of the key things that I do is I will always talk to my guests. I'd like to do that in person if possible. And I've pretty much done that with the majority of my clients. We're sorry, majority of my guests, because I want to know they're going to be the right fit. And there's just nothing you can compare that to than being in their energy and knowing that they're the right fit for my people. Like I want to protect them. So I am so, so passionate about these events. And it's something that has given me so much growth. My speaking has improved across the whole year, I feel, and this is the feedback that I get. And it's something that I like to improve on based on my experience. And what I love about it is that my friends are in the audience too. So at the end of the night, I'll ask them, give me the feedback. What did I do well? What could I do differently next time? What was your favorite part? What what was interesting? What could we change? Like really being open to that feedback because I want to make sure that they continue to improve and it's now time to step up and everything is up to me. So it's really important that I go all in and be able to create that environment for my people and my tribe, right? So so I want you to ask yourself, what are you committed to? And have you really thought about it? Have you sat down and worked out some key things and key goals that you are committed to showing up 150%? Because if we're so oblivious to our commitments or we set them really half-heartedly and it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'll give this a go and see how it goes. What often can happen is that we set expectations subconsciously. We don't actually sit down and consciously think about what am I expecting from myself and how am I going to show up? What am I commit? What is my commitment level here? Then often we can feel dis- disappointed, disheartened, or feel like we're a failure because we have set the expectation or that set that bar so high that we actually aren't able to achieve it. So I really want you to think about it. What are you committed to? And sit down and write it down, make a plan and know that that can happen over time. It's not something that you have to commit to, you know, in happening in a week's time, set yourself the space and the time and schedule in and make it happen. All goals are achieved by those everyday little choices that we make to show up, to commit and do our best. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've taken a lot away from it and you're able to then go out and create your events, create new programs, create new offers and show up for yourself, your clients, your tribe and do your best and share your gifts with the world. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.